Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel, one by one. We will be free of details and spoilers of future episodes, but full spoiler warning for anything that we've discussed already on the podcast. I'm Jason, and unfortunately, Harrison, I didn't bring donuts. Yes, and I'm Harrison, and I agree with those three magical floating ladies in Mmm, Angel. Oh, God. That's going to be something to talk about. It's it's weird. <laughs> it's dumb, but I, I can't disagree with the sentiment. Well, yeah. I mean, he's... He, he, He's yummy. He's yummy. <laughs> uh, Jason, what episode are we talking about today? We are uh, watching and discussing Angel Season 3, Episode 3, That Old Gang of Mine. This is the one where, following the death of Merle, our, our, our resident L.A. snitch, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, the Angel Investigations finds out that several... Uh, Several like low level demons, some that like are completely harmless, are being killed, and uh, and Gunn returns to uh, his uh, old crew and discovers that a very um, what's a good what's a good word for this a very uh, bloodthirsty. Well, I was gonna say like something a little more subtle, like a oh. very eager, eager. Uh, yeah, very, <laughs> yes, bloodthirsty as well. Uh, a new a new guy has joined the crew and is basically fomenting the rage that is sending the crew on just this absolute massacre. Mm-hmm. That old gang of mine was written by Tim Minear and directed by Fred Keller and originally aired on October eighth, two thousand and one. All right, a round of applause for our band. I think yeah, I made the yeah. same joke last week. No, no, it's okay. <laughs> I, that, be, I, I wouldn't hate that being a recurring thing, but yeah, like, uh, no, uh, thank you, band. Uh, Jason, what are you drinking? We have different drinks today. We do. Um, so, we had a gathering at your place last night, a place where we record, a nice little holiday get-together, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, you know, friend of the podcast, Skylar Bretty, uh, brought um, Leffa. Uh, Belgian ale, um, and it's a blonde, and I like Belgian blondes. And so does Angel. Than <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's quite. I had one last night, and it's quite delicious. Uh, I can already, I can already just imagine how it tastes, and I'm really looking forward. He's to like, it. he's 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 been just like glancing at it as we worked out some microphone issues before. He's like, I want this beer. I want this beer. Really give it to me. And what are you drinking, Harrison? I am drinking a Harrison Alexander Kaufman classic. <laughs> I'm drinking a Harrison. <laughs> are you are you really gonna rename your drink the Harrison? I love it. Uh, it is a gin and tonic. I was uh, I was giving my mother in law uh, some some shit last night because when we were there for Thanksgiving. She did not have things for gin and tonics, and I wanted them so badly. And it was all in good fun. Just before anyone yells at me, like my mother-in-law is a wonderful woman, and we have a great relationship. But I was like, "See, Vicky, we have gin and tonics, and I can have one whenever I want." She is one of the nicest people in the world, so nice. and I I love both of John's parents, and I'm not even like married into that. <laughs> you are part of the family. Oh well, thank you. That, uh, that's really I mean, nice. you've been 
to their house on more than one occasion. Yeah. And it's not invited. A... I didn't crash. <laughs> I didn't drive out to where they live and just be like, hey, what up, y'all? Yo, if you just showed up at their house, they'd be like, come on in, have a meal. Let's if, if I, if I had, especially if I had the telescope with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd be so great. And they're like, did you bring the telescope? Like, well, no, they just shut the door on me. <laughs> And, of course, all their doors in their house are glass, so you can still see them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like um, fucking, fucking Ben Platt. <laughs> uh, waving through a window. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, uh, yes, we had a, it was a lovely party. We had a, we had a nice time, and now I have a, we have a ton of leftover food and booze. <laughs> not the worst thing in the world. Not the worst thing. Um... My brother came, and that was fun. He yeah. really got along with everyone. I was glad, because he didn't really know anyone there. So I was a little, like... I had a good talk with him. Yeah. He, uh, he and Jalen got into, like, a really long conversation about the research that she does. He was very, very interested in, in all of that. Um, so, anyway, that's not important. There, there, there's some personal uh, personal details of our lives for you guys. <laughs> uh, Jason, will you lead us in a toast? Okay, um, this toast actually comes with a story of something Ooh. of something that happened today. Um, so, uh, typically on the weekends, uh, when I'm feeling active, and I felt active both days this weekend, Very good. Um, I try to do like a, a walk in Cherokee Park here in Louisville. And uh, so, today, like yesterday, yesterday, uh, which was a Saturday, I... Um, I, I usually my walk usually tries to usually goes about seven miles. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I cut it short the day before, uh, yesterday because uh, there's apparently like an actual uh, run that people were registered for that was going on. I see. And so I cut it short when I realized that I would have to spend my last lap completely dodging runners going by. <laughs> um, this morning, no such problem. However, on my way to uh, on like the first lap of my walk i unfortunately uh walked by a um piece of the road where somebody had spray painted and please forgive me for the use of the the word that i'm about to use but it said um end jew supremacy and i and i immediately hated it yeah um there were uh, two women who had been walking in front of me and it looked like they had their phones out. It looked like they were trying to call somebody. And, uh, and I didn't know like if they were calling the police or what, mm-hmm. but, um, they did, uh, they, it did look like they kind of had it under control. Mm-hmm. Um, reported it. To yeah. The proper. Yeah. So the next, um, so my next lap I knew, and I had like two more laps that would go by that. Mm-hmm. So my next lap, I saw it again and I started thinking to myself while I was walking, listening to a podcast, like, you know, maybe I should, like, find something to, like, when I finished, like, my last lap, find, like, something to, uh, to, like, maybe try to temporarily cover it or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but uh, on my third lap, so keep in mind, this is, like, all, like, this takes me about two hours to do in total. Mm-hmm. So in less than two hours... Um, as I was walking by where the spray painting was um, on the third lap, somebody had already come by and had uh, put black spray paint over the middle word. So it just said uh, in supremacy. Nice. Um, So I was thinking about it and uh, I was actually um, proud 
of my city mm-hmm. of Louisville because you know while it is like important to note that there are some people that will write those messages it's even more important to note that there are people out there that will like fix those things mm-hmm. and um, I I'm of the opinion that there are more of the second type so here's to uh, the second type of people and specifically whoever came by and got rid of that like in less than the span of in less than an hour yeah. um less than two hours after i found after i saw it so cheers yeah oh i spilled <laughs> i have a drinking problem right. <laughs> uh that's what i get for drinking before five o'clock uh, <laughs> pick the wrong week to start drinking stop drinking <laughs> All right, Jason, tell us all about that old gang of mine. All right, well, we start off, so if you all, like, we've had we've had a big old episode of Buffy. Uh, we broke into a two-parter since um, we were last with Angel, but the last scene of Angel that we saw was um, Darla deciding that, oh, well, I can't get rid of this baby. Time to go see Daddy. And we open up with, uh, you open up this episode with Angel saying, I'm very sorry. I didn't. Uh, I didn't mean to. Uh, I know that. Like I, it seems like I used you and then threw you away. Yo. And so we really are meant to believe that he's talking to Darla. You are blowing my brain right now. <laughs> I did not make that connection. But you're totally well, right. Like, well, like, well, no. So when it started, I was like, well, who is he talking to like that? Because they're obviously meant to imply something. And it's, like, you know, meant to be uh, misdirect. Right. And I'm like, oh, well, like, you know, Darla said that she was going to Angel at the end of the last episode. So, yeah, I think we're all meant to believe, if you've just been watching Angel, that um, he's talking to Darla. But, of course, he's not. He's actually talking to Merle. So... Oh, my God. Sorry, I'm a little reprocessing the entire world right now. Um... (laughs) Yeah, because I was like watching it. I was like, I knew it was going to be Merle because I knew Merle You've was seen gonna the episode. Get, was gonna get got this week. Um, and I was like, I so I was like, I know it's a like meant to be a misdirect, but I was like, but who are they misdirecting us towards? And you're right, it's so obviously Darla. Darla. Yeah, I cannot believe I did not make that connection. We do. It's I'm okay. turning in my Buffy fandom card. No, I, no, dude. Like, <laughs> like I said, we've we've done like a, a big two parter of Buffy. Yeah. Since then, so you are forgiven. I, I will forgive you. Thank you. Um, Julie yeah. Benz will not, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, well, the next time I see her, I'll, I'll be like, please forgive my friend. And I have seen, I have met her. Um, she's just uh, as nice sorry, as Sorry, I don't mean to, I don't mean to name drop. I mean, uh, <laughs> thanks to Honey. I, 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 I mean, uh, you know, my, my friend Bob Denier always told me never try to name drop. <laughs> that was a joke from the Friendship Onion. Uh, all credit to Dominic Monahan for that one. Oh my gosh! Uh, there I go, name <laughs> Just can't stop. I'm sorry. He's out of control. <laughs> sorry, my voice just kind of merled there for a second. He's out of control. But yes. Uh, the things that Angel's saying, I mean, you can... Uh, all right, so first off, Angel's got, like, some kind of bug up his ass this week, because he is, he is, like, an asshole to everybody, Him? except... Except, except to, Fred. Yeah, except Fred and, you know, Cordelia when he's trying to get her to yeah. help Fred. I, no, I feel that way about Angel and Gunn this week. I think both of them are acting 
I don't know. I, it wasn't a good look on either of them, and I, I'm not going to blame either of them personally. I'm going to blame the writing. Yeah. Um, um, I can understand Gunn's frustration um, with, uh, with just, like, you know, after his encounter with his old crew. Yeah. But, you know, th- there's really, like, kind of no motivation for Angel being a dick. Yeah. It just, this storyline for Gunn felt like it would have made more sense early in season two when he was just joining angel investigations you know so what i mean my uh, my rationalization for it, and we are kind of jumping ahead here but you know that's okay uh, my rationalization for it is that yeah at the end of the episode it really does kind of seem like uh you know he he uh gun says oh i mean i don't really like you know i i'm sorry about the way that i feel about you mm-hmm. that i don't like consider you a friend uh you're not my friend like it's just like how i am and it doesn't it it seems like this should have been maybe some of the after effects of angel be angel like angel's dark arc in season two yeah um because it feels like at the beginning of season two when um you know they bring on they try to bring on gun permanently that you know they're cool Mm -hmm. um but it does seem like there's this kind of like lingering animosity that there wasn't any real um hint of yeah. so like my justification for it is like oh this is like gun's perspective following angel coming back to the team as opposed to like you know we kind of already got especially cordelia's right. uh perspective i yeah that's a really great point and i think i think a lot of gun stuff in this episode his uh his personal arc would have landed better if the if the episode had done any work at connecting his attitude towards Angel with that, like you said, that lingering resentment after the after his his dark Angel arc in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, they don't. So I'm just left going but, like, why are you being such a but, dick? But, but before <laughs> we get into the, like all this uncomfortable drama, yeah. um, Merle is just not. He, like what he doesn't think that angel's apology is genuine mostly because he's reading it off of cards I mean, and also it's not genuine so so insincere and i love and i love like how angel's saying like oh none of this is working and uh, like uh, i told you the cards were a bad idea and cordelia's like don't blame the cards which clearly she wrote this apology you and she's know, like try the cards again you know she wrote yeah. it yeah um and you know he's he uh he Angel even says like, "Oh, come on, Merle, take a shot, take a swing at me," and then like, and so he does, and so we're petty. reminded, yeah, well, and we're also reminded because mm-hmm. it does come into, it's a big part of the episode later that uh, demon violence is not allowed in Caritas, uh-huh. which is where this whole uh, apology apology yeah. <laughs> is taking place and uh hard quotes around the word apology yeah and like meryl uh, meryl merle <laughs> merle does try to take a shot uh and then gets like just thrown backwards and so he's like you know what i don't need this and leaves even though like they're trying to mend some fences because and i think is probably a little utilitarian because they probably like want to have him as a contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Merle gets home, uh, and you know, gosh, Buffy Wiki's rough. 
He goes home, and as he settles among his pitiful possessions... Oh my god! He is violently attacked and killed. Man! <laughs> they're kicking him down more than Angel does! Oh my god. I think I've made this reference before on the podcast, but there's an episode of My Dad Wrote a Porno where one of the characters, his name is uh, Des Martin, he's like just gotten divorced from his wife and has had to like sell his house, and he like has sex with the main character and like at the end of the encounter it's like in the narration it's like and then des martin went home to his empty life and i remember hearing that and the hosts of the podcast too were like oh my god this is supposed to be erotica that's so dark and suppressing that makes me think of um like uh, an early episode of modern family because i've only seen early ones um when uh like a neighbor of phil and claire um He's, like, out there, and he, like, uh, they knew that he was recently divorced uh, from his wife, and, you know, they've been, like, couple friends, and, you know, Phil's, like, and Phil's, uh, Phil's, like, saying, like, oh, man, like, I mean, what happened? He's, like, oh, you never know. Like, I mean, I just didn't notice any of the signs, and, uh, and you know, Phil starts panicking, because, like, wait a minute, am I in trouble or something? <laughs> and, and, like, but as the guy's, like, going, he's, like, I'll see you later, Phil. I've got a dish to wash, and I'm, like, oh, <laughs> Oh, a dish to wash. Yeah. yeah, that is bleak. Not that eating alone is bleak, but, you know, after going through a divorce, I can see how that would be. No, the way that he said it was meant to emphasize that, like, I'm divorced. I'm only eating, like, it's just me. I have a singular dish to oh, wash. Gosh. Um, but, yes, Mer- uh, God damn it. Meryl. <laughs> Meryl Streep gets violently and brutally butchered. Yeah, um, so, Gosh, surprise. Uh, I really hope I'm not manifesting something. Well, I mean, in, in all fairness, that does happen at the end of, uh, at the end of, uh, Mama Don't Mia. Look Up. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> uh, God, I hate it, Don't Look Up. I really hate it. Um, but yeah, after Merle getting killed in front of his pitiful possessions, uh, <laughs> It's so bad. Um, Angel, uh, Angel and Wesley are. Uh, oh well. Excuse me. Before we, I. How dare you? Uh, put this out of order, Buffy Wiki. Um, First, I thought that was directed at me, and I was like, "What no, I do?" No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, so we see Gunn in his apartment, um, and he's having a nightmare about uh, about Alana, mm-hmm. um, who if you guys don't remember uh, from season two. Uh, early season two, I believe. No, or was season, that it? It was, it was season one. It was okay. in his introductory episode. Oh, that wasn't his first episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, yeah, his sister was a uh, was ter- was turned into a vampire. Um, if you guys are watching, oh no, no, it was it wasn't a previously on. It was like an actual like you know dream he's having. Yeah, yeah. he's having flashbacks. He's just, we don't normally get flashbacks like that in in Angel. Not really. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and you know he's you know, just reliving, having to, like, stake her. And, uh, you know, he gets woken up by, well, the nightmare and sees that he's getting paged. Um, he does eventually get to uh, Merle's place where Angel and Wes are looking, are investigating the scene. And uh, they're like, oh, what a, like, what happened? And they're like, oh, this is Merle's place. Like, oh, God, what's that? It's like, that's Merle. And he's there. And there, there's the rest of him. So, yeah, this was brutal. Yeah. Um, Angel said that, like, he was coming over to try apologizing again. He even brought donuts. And I do love, I mean, 
major props to the prop person. There is a pink box <laughs> in the scene that is almost definitely the donut box. Uh, so I love I love that kind of visual continuity. Love it. Um, yeah, and uh, you know, Angel more so, but even Wes kind of like gives him a little bit of crap for uh, Wes is more like, oh, you made it, gun. And Angel's like, oh, I can't remember the last time it took you like two hours to answer a page. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, again, that's more of like the, what's up your ass, Angel? Yeah. Calm yourself down. <laughs> like, jeez. Um, but, uh, and we know that like Angel and Gunn have butted heads before. Mm -hmm. It's just that, that there hasn't really seemed to be anything to lead up to yeah, that. Yeah, it really feels like it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, if this episode had happened, they had this confrontation... And in the next episode, we see Angel being a little short with Gun. It might make more sense. Yeah. Outside of the conversation or they have at the like, end of the even episode. Even just later in the episode, after, yeah. after, you know, Gun has, like, the meeting with his crew. Yeah. Like, that would make a little more sense. But um, they're just short with each other for no reason. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, Gun says, like, well, wait a minute, why are we doing this? And like, what? It's like... You know, like, uh, you know, Merle, like, why are we looking into a low-level demon getting killed? I mean, what are we going to do? And uh, and they're like, you know, Merle was like a contact of ours. We need to kind of find out why this is happening. And, you know, Gunn, I think appropriately asks, I mean, it's, it's a fair question. Mm -hmm. Like, well, why are we doing this? This isn't really our thing. Um, he later, and I think, is it this scene or the next crime scene where he says, like, you know, did we get a vision? Did Cordy get a vision? Yeah. How is the beast sending us here? That, I think it's it the next okay, one. Okay, yeah, but um, the sentiment is the same. Right. Uh, it's like, why are we doing this? And, uh, and yeah, and, like, but, you know, uh, Wes does try to emphasize that, well... First off, like, uh, I can't remember what it is that, that uh, Gunn says, but it's like, uh, you know, it's not like uh, it's not like he was really anybody, or uh, I can't remember the exact words that he says, but, like, he says something that makes Angel go, like, I beg your pardon. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and Wes says, like, you know, Merle was harmless. Uh, which, maybe not entirely true. It depends on who he's giving information to. True. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there are some lawyers that died in a, <laughs> died in a wine cellar that might disagree with that. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I love our snitch. I just love a good snitch character. You know, obviously we've got Merle here, R.I.P. We had Willie the snitch on Buffy, but mm -hmm. just like anytime there's like that one character who always squeals. I I don't know something about that trope is just very delightful to me. I, I, I'm sorry that I'm suddenly like a 1940s detective. No, like... it, it, no, it's totally fine. I love um. God, there was, like, a really great mob scene in an episode of The Simpsons where, like, you know, Fat Tony, the Don of mm -hmm. uh, Springfield, just is like, all right, somebody somebody let the feds know, somebody tipped off the feds about our, uh, about our, um, about our operation down at the docks. It's one of you two. Johnny Tight Lips or Vinny the Squealer? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who it was. <laughs> Johnny. <laughs> Um, so at this point, Gunn does decide to, um, go and visit his old crew. Um, when he walks in, uh, guy like, uh, when he walks into the headquarters, guy like, uh, you know, comes at him 
really cool fight choreography and that like yeah. just this one like little confrontation i thought was great and then uh there's a uh a crossbow like, like a, a mounted gauntlet. a mounted crossbow like an arm mounted crossbow yeah. being aimed right at him and uh and he's like uh oh what it's like oh you came to the wrong place and uh and uh like that's when rondell comes out and says oh we uh Oh, like I mean, hey, you you you're pointing that at the guy who built it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this were you gonna say something? Oh, I was just gonna say that it was cool, like the the crossbow like gauntlet thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it also is smart since it's like like it can't be knocked out of your hands. It it's like connected to as you. we've seen so many times right? happen on Buffy, right? And, you know, my feelings about the crossbow aside, um, I actually think this is, like, a generally, like, a pretty cool weapon. If it was a repeating crossbow, then it'd be awesome. I'd be so awesome. I did recently see something where I went, finally, like, actually, the useful, (laughs) the crossbow being useful, uh, I noticed, I was rewatching, it's been several months, but um, I was rewatching Birds of Prey. And in the, I noticed during like the big fight scene towards the end of the you movie. You mean the Harley Quinn movie? Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, during the big fight scene, there was a moment where I noticed that when she was in like um, hand-to-hand like close-up combat, uh, Huntress was using her, was stabbing people with her crossbow. Uh, like the the bolt was mounted mm-hmm. and she was just using it like as a, as a, as a melee weapon instead of a ranged one. And I was like, Oh, that's actually like very smart because obviously in hand to hand combat, a crossbow's almost useless. So the, the the DC Comics character of Huntress is um, really really annoying in the comics, mm-hmm. and uh, I honestly didn't really like the depiction in the Harley Quinn movie either. But the my favorite depiction of Huntress is in the Justice League animated series. In which she's voiced by... Amy Acker, right? Amy Acker. That's what I was about to say. Um, I knew she was... She has a very good arc, especially at the... um, Probably the best part of the Justice League series at the end of season one. Um, And uh, she finds herself closely closely tied to Question, um, which is uh, the guy without a face. Or the mask that disguises his face, makes his face blank. Um, But yeah, that is... So that's why I brought that up. (laughs) Amy Acker, name drop. Oh my gosh. As, so, jumping the gun a bit, I don't like this episode, um, but everything Fred gets to do in this episode is great. Mm-hmm. Like, Amy Agar really saves up. She doesn't save it because it's still a bad episode, but mm-hmm. she is a light shining through some bullshit. Uh, but, like, speaking of this bullshit, this, <laughs> yeah. this uh, guy uh, that is pointing the crossbow, his name is Gio, and uh, he's from Miami. And uh, he uh, came to Los Angeles to hook up with this gang and uh, with this crew. And uh, he, um, and you know, he like kind of came because he heard about the legend of Charles Gunn. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like, you know, he's the person who kind of like put the crew together. Um, but he said, he does say, he does like start making, um, like he he's not very uh, cordial, Mm-mm. and uh, no he do, he does start making no respect. I tell you, no <laughs> respect. Um, but uh, he starts like implying like right away that um, oh you know we don't see you around here. I guess you must be uh, working for your vampire boss, um, and uh, which 
is an inaccurate statement because Angel's not the boss yeah. at the moment. Um, and, uh, you know, Rondell and the rest of the crew, do they do try to, uh, like, um, stand up for him. It's like, hey, you don't you don't say that about Gunn. Gunn's, like, good. Uh, but Rondell does bring up to, uh, to Gunn that they hadn't seen him since, uh, since Georgie, uh-huh. uh, was killed, which, um, which was, which episode was that? Well, I do remember that, like, the last, like, he almost didn't go to Pylea with them. Right. Because he was, like, he found out about Georgie dying. Right, right, right. Um, so. So that was, yeah, that was the episode. Yeah. Okay. Right at the over, beginning over of the, the Pylea Over arc. the rainbow or something? I think so. Yeah. It's... But yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah. So as as we see with a lot of gun-centric episodes, uh, it's a lot of his old crew thinking mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, man, you forgot, like, you forgot where you came from. So I think what this episode attempts to do, it's an important message. It's a message that's come up in Buffy before mm-hmm. about... Um, basically just the assumption of like the prejudice towards demons about how like oh all demons are bad right um but uh unfortunately the execution of this is horrendous and very optically bad yeah it's well it a lot of it is and we talked about this off mic but first of all the the crew is has previously been shown been very uh you know, it's had a lot of people of color, but it was very, like, re- reasonably diverse, you mm-hmm. know? Now here, the the crew is almost entirely composed of black members. There was, like, one white guy in the background. There's one white guy, and I also noticed maybe um, uh, an Asian member as well. Yeah, but it's it's primarily black men shown to be super, super violent, Yes. And it's and and yeah, there's this juxtaposition we're, of the right way and the wrong well, way to well, go he, about he, it. Here we go. We're getting to like yeah. we're, we're getting to the main reason why it wasn't the, the main thing that I knew was going to be hard to talk about. Now, yeah. keep in mind, we are talking about this from a very white perspective, but the fact that we are noticing that it's wrong probably is just kind of like, a, oh, this is a lot more obvious than it's, it's obviously wrong than it should have been. Yeah. Yeah. So the it is the fact that. Um, Obviously, like, what theme... This is, like, trying to point out bigotry, mm-hmm. um, in this case, towards demons, but obviously, like, you know, bigotry in general. However, you're having the role of the bigots being played by a largely black male black group, mm-hmm. which is one of the most persecuted groups in mm-hmm. America and also probably the world. Yeah. Um, I'm only speaking from, like, the American standpoint, because, you know... That's where we like, are. <laughs> yeah, our, our history, our, like, our his, like uh, America was built on the backs of enslaved black men. Yeah. Um, and enslaved black women as well. Yes. Um, but the... Uh, but, yeah, and the fact that it's this specific group that is showing this prejudice, that's not great, mm-hmm. because you can't... Like, it would have been... I'm just saying that, like, we wouldn't have had this problem. We wouldn't be cringing at it if it was, like, a mostly white gang. Or even if, like, it's a white guy who comes into the gang, Mm -hmm. the the group, 
like the the crew and is the one who's riling them up against demons but ne- against like killing as many demons as they can yeah. but like you're ta- you're basically now you're finding yet another way to vilify black men mm-hmm. because oh hey like all of a sudden oh they're they're like all these bigoted bad guys so and um you know some people may say that like oh it's not like it's not saying that all black men are are bad but it's kind of it's not good optically yeah i'm sure no one on the writing team was yeah you know, nobody, i, I nobody, don't think tim minear was doing this intentionally i don't yeah. think there was malice but that doesn't mean that the effect isn't out there it, and there's almost like an implication that gun is right to have left his crew for the mostly white angel investigations mm-hmm. because they do things the right way the yeah. white way and it's yeah, it's just, it's all sorts it, of gross. Yeah, basically it's, they needed another faction mm-hmm. um, in in this, uh, in this like, in the world that they have established. And they, like, Kate hasn't been a huge factor, so they can't really use the police. Mm-hmm. Even though it would have made a lot more sense for it to be the police. Yeah. Um, and this storyline doesn't fit with Wolfram and Hart. Yeah. Because honestly, I'll say this, Wolfram and Hart, for all their evilness, <laughs> they're equal opportunity evil. Yeah. It just it all just feels like manufactured drama for the sake of creating conflict between Gunn and the rest of specifically Angel, but you know, by just by having conflict with mm-hmm. Angel, that means he's having conflict with the entire group. Um it just all feels, the conflict feels contrived and manufactured. And the fact that to create such a contrived manufactured conflict means, yeah, having this overly aggressive group of black men acting in such a way, I don't like any of it. No, it's it's very bad. And it's why, like, I'm pretty sure both of us are going to end this episode with, like, low marks for Oh, it. yeah. And uh, I just, I hate that for Gunn. Because Gunn's yeah. a great character, and J. August Richards is so good at giving him charisma and warmth, and uh, it's just, anytime an episode focuses on him, unfortunately, they're usually not very good, because... It's a white, white writer's room, uh-huh. writing for a black man that they have no idea how to write for. Exactly. And and I that sucks for, for the character and the actor, mm-hmm. and they... Yeah, I, I do think the show generally does well by gun, but I still think they could have done better and should have mm-hmm. done better. Um, anyway, we'll, off our yeah, soapbox. We'll, 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 we'll de- we'll, we're going to like develop that argu- like uh, the, that point a little more as we go forward. But yeah. first, um, Angel is talking to Cordelia. Um, Fred is out in the uh, courtyard, <laughs> uh, apparently getting very amused by a shrub. Uh, <laughs> and... Um, and yeah, she's been back three months in L.A., and Angel's worried that uh, she's not really trying to get out into the world. And so he's like, hey, Cordelia, maybe you can, like, help her with this. And uh, Cordelia seems, like, a little reluctant at first, but, you know, Angel's like, I, I trust you to do this. And, uh, you know, I, and I think, like, he genuinely thinks that Cordelia is, like, the warming presence that she needs, even though there's, like, a point when you said, that, like, oh... She would have made such fun, so much fun of Fred in high school. Oh yeah, I think that just shows that yeah, just speaks how, for, look how far for Cordy's her, come. Because I agree with Angel. Actually, I do think Cordy is the right person mm-hmm. to help Fred out of her shell. 
because she's had so much growth. But yeah, season one of Buffy Cordy, oh, she would have been nasty to... I mean, we saw how she treated Willow. And, yeah. and you know, this is no disrespect to Fred, who I love, but she's cut from the same cloth. Mm-hmm. Um, every Joss Whedon show has a cute, nerdy girl. Um. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sometimes more than one. Sometimes more than uh, one. But, uh, yeah, so... We get this really nice, we get this really like fun, cute scene between uh, Cordy and Fred, where she's like, oh, "Angel thinks you need to get out," and she's like, "Oh well, I guess I'll have to go. I don't have a lot of stuff to pack, but I won't take too long." And oh. <laughs> she's like, "No, no, he wants you to like, you know, get out and like, you know, start living your life again." And so the first thing that Cordy can think of is to be like, you're going to, you're going to be out on the town. And, uh, and at first, uh, and at first Fred's like, oh, well, nobody's going to look at me if they're looking at you. And, <laughs> and Cordy doesn't realize that that's kind of like a compliment to her. <laughs> yeah. And also like Fred self bashing herself, herself. But, um, then she's like, no, you're going to get out there. You're going to be living life and you're going to be doing it under a bright light singing your heart out like what what <laughs> she's going to caritas listen hey she does though she she puts herself out there mm-hmm. and well it goes a certain way for her yeah um at the same time uh they have been uh angel investigations like they have been looking through merle's pitiful positions Jesus. i'm sorry i still can't believe that the buffy wiki said that that's so harsh so mean but uh they've kind of compiled an enemy list and angels at the top of it alphabetically (laughs) (laughs) but i it it was really funny because i pointed out that in this scene angel's wearing his leather pants which he normally uh saves for when he's angelus yeah and it's so funny that like they they kind of do say that like well we're not they never say that he's not a suspect. They're just like, you know, we'll start at the bottom of the list and then get, go back up to A. Circle back to A. Yeah. I really just love, though, his, like, his outrage at being on a list of Merle's enemies. <laughs> and it's like, Angel, they were right. having to write an apology on postcards for you. Of course you're on the Look list. Look at all of the things that you have done to Merle <laughs> in the span of a year. I understand that you're not objective about this, Angel. But dude, seriously, take some time to self-reflect. You love brooding. This would be a great thing to brood about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and so Angel and Wesley... Uh, find out that several of the people on the list, Merle's contacts and enemies, have been, like, viciously slaughtered as well. Mm-hmm. We even get a, um... We even get, like, a, a view of this. Apparently it's a, a, Yar- a Yarbney demon. Okay. Is that um, the big slimy yes. dude? With he's, the, the, he's, got the, he's the guy with the big gulp. Love him. Um, yeah, and this guy... Like, all he's doing is, like, yeah, it, it says in the Buffy Wiki, he's a peaceful species of demon found nesting in urban areas, mostly under roadways. And, uh, yeah, all he's doing is, like, um, he's just trying to, like, he, he we, we only see him running for his life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, oh, it says that, like, he's got a big gulp, uh, which I believe is from uh, Speedway, Speedway or Thornton's or something. I think it's a Thornton's thing. Okay. Um. But I don't think the cup said Big Gulp. I think it said something else, but it may just be a variety of Big Gulp. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Because, yeah, I think you originally thought that it was... Uh, oh, no, Big Gulp is 7-Eleven. It is 7-Eleven? Okay, mm-hmm. well, then you were initially right. Um, <laughs> he may have even been drinking a Slurpee. Uh, it makes sense, because 7-Eleven is prominent in all places that aren't here. I was about to say, <laughs> it's so... I've always been, like, perplexed by the amount of 7-Elevens I see in media, because we just don't have them here. But, yeah. It also seems to be just a Kentucky thing. Yeah, because, I've seen them in other places. No, like I, because I think, um, I think, uh, when I first kind of like became aware of Seven Eleven, it may have been like, uh, I may, it was probably like out in, uh, while well, watching Back to the Future, because he makes like the reference to it in uh, Back to the Future Part Two. Mm-hmm. I thought, oh, maybe it's like, maybe it's like In and Out Burger, maybe it's like a, a a West Coast thing. But then uh, when, uh, like the first time that Ben and I went to Chicago together, um. There were 7-Elevens everywhere. And I'm like, what? why don't we have these? <laughs> like it, it's, it's, it's gas station without the gas. Yeah. It's, it's kind of perfect. It's like a little convenience shop. Yeah. And it's, and it's an iconic convenience shop as we well. We deserve a 7-Eleven. Unfortunately, this poor Yarbney demon, who all he wanted to do was just drink his big gulp, uh, gets like ruthlessly attacked, and we see that it's Gun's crew, mm-hmm. led by Geo, um, who is... Uh, so the actor who plays him, um, uh, Khalil King, okay. uh, apologize if I mispronounced that. Um, he is a he's a very good actor. Oh, he's great because I, wish he had a better I wanted role. to punch this guy <laughs> in the face for the entirety of the movie. He has like just this shit eating grin when he realizes that he has like the attention of the room, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna like make you." Like, you guys are all on my side. And he, like, and he, he just is able to really embody the role. Like, that is, that is definitely one of the few pluses about this. Like, the reason that he's so effective is because he's, like, so good at it. Yeah. He's so good at being this piece of shit that is, uh, like, just hungry for demon blood. Yeah. I do, no, I I like this actor a lot. He's really good. I'm looking him up on IMDb right now just to see if I've seen him in other things. Um, I like, I really would have liked to have seen him in a better part, like than this, than this dude. Um, he's got a lot of credits. Nothing that I that I recognize off the top of my head. He was in. Uh, it looks like a lot of guest credits. Mm-hmm. He was in an episode of Elementary. He was in an episode of Person of Interest. Um. He was in an episode of Angel. <laughs> Which one? Uh, but yeah, um, so we get to... So Gunn uh, meets back up with Wes and Angel at a... Uh, well, they find an, they find an apartment of, uh, of, of another demon that's been killed. Uh, Angel has um, gone off to like check on something. And so it's just Wesley there. And I think that's why Gunn has this conversation with with wesley um because angel's not there and he's mm-hmm. like oh so like i mean what do we do with the uh like what do we do with these uh demons uh like what do we do when we find this demon killer i mean do we do we kill them or do we thank them mm-hmm. um wes had previously like uh found a um an arrowhead uh like a that um was very much the same type of arrow that uh, the bolt that 
um, uh, Geo had been using, and uh, he had like bagged it up and had it like set aside with a, with a bunch of evidence. Mm-hmm. And uh, Angel does show up, um, but yeah, and uh, Wes does say that like, and he makes kind of the the big point that you know it's not just it's not just demon it's not just like you know these guilty demons that are getting killed but the innocent ones are getting killed too like the one mm-hmm. their apartment that they're at like they've just fully become part of part of like society mm-hmm. and uh again we've had this pop up in buffy a couple of times uh, and we talk about um you know at first demons seem like they're just it's us against them uh but there there's Again, like, uh, there are more shades of gray to it, as yeah. Wesley says. And it's it's so weird that, a- again, this very much feels out of character for Gunn. Because yeah. this is never... There's never been any indication for a while. Like, basically since he really became integrated into, uh, like, the Angel Investigations uh, group, that um, this hasn't been a big thing for him. Right. Like, they frequent Caritas. Like, yeah. socially. Not even to go there for... That's, like, that's, that's, that's part of the episode. Yeah. Like, they... they You know, he is friendly with Lorne. Like, he... You know, it's... It is... It, it's... Yeah. It, it's just totally uh, inconsistent characterization for where Gunn is now. Yeah. Like... He, again, like you said, if it had been earlier... Would have made sense, yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it it it's it rings false for mm-hmm. Gunn's character. Um, he see uh, Gunn sees the arrowhead, and he um, so he actually like uh, pockets it, and then uh, go, he says like, "Oh, I'm gonna go check on something, and like do the rounds and stuff." And then he uh, goes and talks to Rondell, and uh, he thinks like, "Oh, Geo's gone rogue, and he's just like killing a." killing rain of demons he's like man he hasn't gone rogue that's all of us mm-hmm. you know guns asking the important questions like well did they hurt anybody he's like no we got out pretty clean like no did they hurt anybody before you got to them like no we didn't give them a chance so yeah the the mm-hmm. yeah guns crew is very much like and this goes back to what we've already talked about the um they're unnecessarily uh brutal mm-hmm. and uh again it doesn't look great if like if this crew is mostly black men Mm -hmm. like that is a very bad stereotype to associate with them and again it would have even been a little bit better if there had been like if it had been more diverse which it apparently used to be yeah it felt like it really did used to be um but yeah and uh angel mentions that he think so uh gun is like disturbed by this so he like goes back to the hotel. Um, the only person who's there is Angel, and uh, he's like, "Oh, I was gonna see Wes," and he's like, "Oh, have you found?" And I like, hmm. Well, I don't like the uh, content of the scene between him and Angel. I think it's very well acted by both. Oh yeah. Um, and. Uh, because, uh, you know, Gunn's trying to play dumb, and he's like, oh, what have you found out? And Angel's like, all this seems familiar. It's like, it's not about, um, it's not about, like, killing the demons. Like, it's it's not about, like, systematically killing demons. 
It's about like randomly killing demons and having fun doing mm-hmm. it. Which of course I like that I like his line about um about it feeling familiar because you know he doesn't have to say it, but we know that he's thinking mm-hmm. back on all the shit he used to pull with Darla and and the crew. Yep, that old gang of his. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> the whirlwind. Uh, so we go to Caritas and uh, Fred is up there singing. <laughs> she is singing "Crazy" by Patsy Cline, and Cordelia insists that she picked the song out herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I it's it's so cute. It's so cute. Yeah, you know um, who agrees with me? Charles Gunn. <laughs> yes, Gunn does walk in. Um, Wes, yeah, Wes and uh, Cordy are at the table and they're watching her sing. Uh, Gunn comes in and uh, you know he sees Fred up there singing. He shoots those googly eyes at he her. Smiles. It's like the only time in this episode that he smiles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, he like he goes to the bar and uh, you know normally when uh, Lauren is reading somebody, it's when they're singing. But uh, he just looks at Gunn, and I love this, like, exchange between this, like, hey, stop. Stop doing that. I told you to stop doing that. And he's like, I I told you I don't want you to read me. He's like, and he says, sweetie. And I love it when he calls, especially, like, you know, Angel and Gunn, like, you know, your big, like, masculine guys. Like, I love when he calls him sweetie. It's it's delightful. I love him so much. It's like, you're you're a billboard, honey. (laughs) And, uh, and... Oh, poor Fred. Yet another instance of her um, trying to just to get out more and then it being interrupted by horrible violence. Horrible violence as a um, as a demon's head is blown up and she is splashed. Splattered. Yeah, she gets a lot of demon blood splatter over her. Girl just wanted to sing some Patsy Cline at karaoke. We've yes. all been there. Um, because uh, Rondell, Gio, and the rest of the crew have shown up. Yes. And they, um, Gunn noticed earlier that they were, uh, they got a lot more firearms. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Yeah, like automatic like, weapons mm-hmm. specifically. Yes, this scene made me so uncomfortable. I mean, already this episode made me uncomfortable, but uh, you know, with the recent shooting uh, in Colorado, the Pulse shooting a couple of years ago, you know, in spe- you know, in general. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you, you could consider like Caritas, like a well, Lauren stand in for a queer club, Lauren. I think it was Lauren specifically says this is a sanctuary. Yeah. And that line in particular hit me very hard. And like I you know a shooting anywhere is horrible, but you know this very specifically just felt obviously not a reference to because that wasn't as much of a thing in 2001, but at least mu- much of a thing that people would acknowledge in 2001. Yeah. Um it's certainly gotten a lot worse. Um but, uh, yeah, I was just very uncomfortable watching this scene for a lot of reasons. And, and you know, but in all fairness, we the, the timing isn't, like, a thing that they could account for. Yeah. Because, you know, this is these are, like, events that happened this years later. This is not, in, by any means, me critiquing the episode mm-hmm. other than the critiques I've, yeah. I have made. I just, but no, just it's, um, you know, we can't, it, unfortunately, it's impossible to distance yourself from and, and, what you're watching. And as we've said before, unfortunately, more with Angel than anything else uh, than, um, than with Buffy, um, 
bringing up uncomfortable topics and making them like the focus of your episode it's not necessarily a um it's not necessarily something that'll uh ruin your episode but you have to be very careful yeah. with how you deal with them and how they're presented mm-hmm. and this is just not yeah. Like they, they make all of the wrong decisions yeah. this, this, to tell what is an important story. Yeah, this story could have been told well. It's not. <laughs> yeah, um, and, uh, you know, Cordy says, like, well, wait a minute, like, I thought violence wasn't allowed in Caritas, but it's like, no, it's just demon violence. Mm. And, uh, and, you know, uh, at first, like, Rondell, like, wants to leave, um, but then, you know, Geo, like, kind of just immediately just, uh, Gunn, who had been hiding behind a bar, he calls him out. And, uh, apparently Rondell hadn't been aware of it, but, uh, you know, people in the crew have been noticing that Gunn has been going to Caritas. Uh-huh. And, you know, Geo has been, uh, like, firing everybody up about, oh, this is a demon bar. Yeah. So we need to, like, I kind of got the impression that Geo was like stalking Gun. That because, wouldn't surprise me. Be- because he he he's he knows that he's been going to. We we know he came to LA because of Gun. Mm-hmm. He he knows that Gun frequents Caritas and Merle. We didn't really mention this, but Merle is killed right after it's Gun who drops him off at his where he lives That's at the true. beginning we of the didn't episode. So I, I, I do think Geo has been, like, following Gun mm-hmm. um, and killed Merle after seeing him be dropped off. Um, I, I don't think it's ever explicitly stated, but it, it does track with what's happening. You're right. Yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. Um, and, you know, like, at first it looks like they, they get a hold of Lorne and they're going to kill him. But, uh, you know, Gun stands in the way. And that's when Geo like takes the opportunity, like, oh look at that, he'd rather be drinking with demons than helping us like get rid of them. And uh you know, like Wes tries to like Wes tries to um like try to get cooler heads to prevail, but that's when he realizes that uh he puts it together that Gunn knew mm-hmm. before this that uh that this that it was um his crew technically rondell's crew at this point yeah that was um that was killing the demons and uh so you know west feels bad about that um gun try to tries to convince them to let uh fred and cordelia go they let cordelia go um to just so that she can bring angel back and uh and gun already knows that okay the they're going to want me to kill Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, you know, holds true. Um, when, uh, yeah, when Cordelia does get there, um, Angel tells her about the transuding furies, and they are the, yeah, Harrison's already <laughs> laughing at how ridiculous these characters are. He's, he's, um, these are the people that Lauren has worked out the agreement with. They put the anti-demon violence spell on the club and he needs it to get to get it lifted so that he can fight back and cordelia rightfully says like oh yeah there are 20 of them <laughs> yeah. um and so at this he's like look just get them 
Like they'll know, like tell them it's for me. And, uh, and then like, well, like it, it'll help me. And, uh, so Geo sings, uh, wind beneath my wings, um, with the karaoke and he like, he does it like, he's not really trying to sing. He's just doing it to like kind of make fun of one, all the people who go there to sing, but mm-hmm. also to make fun of gun. Um, there's like these two demons that are, uh, sitting there. One is just freaking out and being like in the hostage situation. The other one's just like, shut up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, however, what happens when you sing a song of Caritas? You get red. You get red. Um, filth. Uh, and, uh, Lorne, um, then probably not the best move on his part, (laughs) but he does like, uh, get up and, basically say that uh we don't get all the details but the reason that geo left miami is that he's running he did something horrible there was a woman who trusted him up until the end Mm -hmm. and that's all we get so there are many things that you could uh like uh derive from this i'm not gonna try to i'm just like Uh, geo's not a good guy yeah i think the parallel we're meant to take away is obviously to gun and his sister um i i just i kind of assumed that the woman was geo's sister but that's literally only because we're talking about gun sister in this episode and it's just an obvious literary Which, parallel and this is like when it's brought up um rondell had originally said that like uh you know uh gun hadn't been right since alana was killed mm-hmm. like not even georgie but alana and uh unfortunately Geo brings up Alana. This um, scene is gross and stupid. It is. It's, I hated it so much. No, I, I, I don't even really want to talk he about like it. It implies that he, wa- the gun, wanted to fuck his sister, mm-hmm. and uh, I, it's just so, it's so bizarre. Like, where the fuck? I know that you're a douchebag, but like, what the fuck are you talking about? Uh, again, like you this weirdo. Again, like, uh, they didn't write this character well, but uh, Khalil Kyer does a fantastic job oh, yeah, he's playing great. him like because again you really don't like him <laughs> um but uh angel does show up um and uh and of course geo says like oh uh time for you to like kill kill him and uh he's like or, or unless he's your friend and that's when uh gun does say Again, like, we talked about this before. He says, like, oh, I'm not going to kill him, uh, but it's not because he's my friend. Um, it's because that's not the mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's kind of like Gunn's go-to thing in this last scene. It's like, oh, it's about the mission. Yeah. And you guys have forgotten the mission. And, uh, but then Geo uh, picks up, uh, he decides to say, like, oh, all right, well, you guys want to get out of here alive? Anybody who kills Angel gets out of here alive. And then we get this scene with Fred, and I like and hate this at the same time. I hate it because it's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but I like it because Amy Acker does just a fantastic job with it. It's it's a little too bold for where Fred is right Mm -hmm. now. Um, this is something I would believe... It's also just silly. Uh, (laughs) we're in, and we're about to get into an even sillier thing. Yes. Um, but Amy Acker sells it. It she works, does. and she does it in this. Um, 
it's like cute psycho the way she uh she you know she 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 takes the 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 crossbow thing she acts like she's about to kill angel but then she turns it on to geo and very politely explains to him exactly what will happen if she shoots him in the neck. Uh, yes. So there's a combination of the politeness and the gruesomeness of what she's talking about, which is very funny. And then I like when she apologizes for, I can't remember what she said, but she says, it's, so, like, it's a stroke. Sorry, I wasn't trying to be, be snooty. snooty. <laughs> yeah, she goes into a very um scientifically detailed description of a stroke it felt very like the boldness felt a little too soon for fred but the actual content of what she was saying i was just like oh this feels very fred yeah and again it honestly like the whole thing just seems silly and nothing really comes of it because you don't need this to happen oh it absolutely does not need Um, to happen it's just like you know oh hey let's 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 give fred Let's turn this loss of Fred into a win. Yeah. Um, as much as we can. Maybe that but, was the writers were like, okay, guys, we really need to give the Fred. girl a win. Like, but, uh, <laughs> All right, let's go to these sisters. Mm. Um, because... <laughs> these, oh, my God. Um, <laughs> so here's the problem. Are these characters silly? Yes, yeah. they are. Um, but, you know, silly isn't always the worst thing. It's not. Um in any other context, like the fact that um, these three sisters that um, are very much like kind of a play on the fates mm-hmm. and uh, from Greek mythology, uh, it would have been in the fact that like, oh yeah, like they're willing to do just about anything to bang Angel. Because <laughs> that's what they want to do. They want to bang Angel. Mm. All three of them at the same time. Angel. Yes. And... Uh, <laughs> And I'm almost certain this probably goes goes uh, goes through later in the episode, <laughs> or after the episode's ended. He does say, yeah, he's like, I, I owe you one, one, ladies. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, that big old angel D. The reason that this ends up just being, and I'm not going to mince words here, stupid, is because the Keratos scenes work so hard at building the tension. Mm-hmm. And it's meant to, like, be this really serious climax um, where, like, you know, tensions are running high. um, You don't know what's going to happen next. But then you do these cuts to this scene and these characters are so silly in the fact that, like, they're bobbing up and down. (laughs) Like, they're not even, like, you can tell that they're just floating. Yeah. They're just floating around each other. And it's, it's so weird. And, you know... Cordelia, all she can do is just be like, y'all are weird. I do like, it is very silly. It's very dumb. I do like the way they are shot, though. They're shot from, like, a low angle. And like you said, they're, like, this, like, floating Mm -hmm. effect is cool. Um, But, yeah, it's very dumb. But the, I just, I cannot help but laugh at... No, like, this could have worked. Yes, no, no. This could have worked. For like an overall like good return, if it had been done in a less in a lighter episode, yeah. But the fact that you have this, just bringing whatever momentum and tension that you've been building in these other scenes, you just immediately grind to a halt, and you're like, because it's so silly, yeah. Compared to what's happening in Caritas, yeah. And like, because you know that something serious is happening in Caritas when Lorne 
has that scene where like uh where Gio punches him in the face and then he like looks back and he's got the blood but yeah. he's still smiling um very cool visual that um, was good and it's um we don't typically associate Lorne with that level of violence. Mm-hmm. That's not something that his character is typically used for. I mean, even when he was decapitated, that was largely for comedy. Um, That's the quote of the week. <laughs> he was decapitated. It was largely for comedy. Like, seriously, though. Um, so here it was like, yeah, it was, it, was, it was something darker that we don't usually see Lorne as a character involved in. Even though he wasn't really doing anything. Um, it's just, yeah. But yeah, um, so anyway, the spell is lifted. Um, Angel and uh, Angel and Gun start fighting against the uh, against the crew, um, and then like the the demon that has been uh, basically saying over and over again, like, "Oh, look, we're not gonna make it. We're not gonna make it." Turns out that there's a giant monster inside of him, and while. Uh, that's his like final know, form or whatever. That was the other one, the one who was like kept whining. Gun killed, didn't he? No, no, no. Or did um, they? Did they? No, no. Gun killed the one who tried to escape, and he was the one that ate babies. Okay. He was like the pink one. This is the. Uh, this is like the green one, and yeah, gotcha. I I didn't bring up that demon that like ate babies. <laughs> Sorry. It, 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 it that was stupid. such a weird. That was that was such a weird thing because like. You know, he had like the gun pointed at. Gun had the had his gun <laughs> pointed at um, Geo, and then Geo's like going on and on while this demon eating baby is like saying things about like, oh, I like stalking playgrounds or whatever. All at the same time, and Gun just like shoots him. Yeah, and I'm like, I, again, I don't even know why they did that. It's, like, it's the episode's attempt to be gray. Yeah. And it's bad at it. Yeah. I mean... But, uh, no. The one who'd been, like, saying, oh, we're all gonna die, we're all gonna die, um, turns out there's, like, a giant demon inside of him, which comes out and then, like, bites Geo's head off. I and this is... This is bad CGI. It's so... The effect is so bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, why is our villain of the week being dispatched by some random demon? Why... Like, I'm sorry, if we're killing this to guy... Keep, to keep the hands of all of our heroes exactly. clean. No, that's exactly it. Because Gun should have been the one to kill this guy. It's Gun's episode. But, yeah, but the series is not willing to go there. Um, so, but the, to even... I mean, even then, they could have had it be an accident or, like, a self-defense situation as opposed to, like, a straight-up murder. But instead, they... It's, it's like a cop-out of a cop-out. And to even go further with it being a cop-out, we don't even see anything that happens after this. It just immediately goes to, oh, the fight's done. Yeah. Oh, oh Geo's dead, so the rest of them are like, I guess we were wrong. Sorry, everyone. I mean, that, that's kind of how it comes Ugh. across. But, uh, yeah, we see um, uh, Wesley is getting Fred into a taxi. She's had a rough night. Yeah. A very taxing night. <laughs> Ugh, sorry about that. I Still better it. writing than some of the stuff of this episode. Uh, but um, we see Gunn, like, basically severing his ties with the, with his former crew. And uh, he goes up and starts talking to Wesley. And he says, um, and, uh, you know, he, and Wes says, like, oh, I can understand 
Um, you're with divided loyalties like that. When you have to make a decision, you can't help but feel that you're betraying somebody. And at first, it seems like you know, oh, they're they're gonna be cool. Um, no hard feelings or whatever. But then Wes does what he's we've kind of seen him do this season. Mm-hmm. He immediately just goes to, um, like emotionless almost, yeah. and he uh, and he says like very calmly, if you ever like hide evidence. Or do anything to uh, pr- like inhibit our investigation, you'll be fired immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Um, it's a harder West than we've seen. It is. And I like that it's very to the point. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. And again, it, the fact that it is just so straight, um, like just means it's no nonsense. Yeah. Like, and, he, and he wants him to know the seriousness of this. And uh, then we get the uh, talk with Angel, and uh, and Gun like says, "Look, um, I'm sorry about what I said. I was just trying to like say, like, um, I was just trying to buy time. I didn't mean it." And Angel's like, um, "Well, you bought time, but you did mean it." Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, "Man, I'm sorry, uh, but you know, I didn't kill you, so I guess that means you can trust me." And that's when Angel says, "Like." Um, you, I'll be able to trust you when you'll have to kill me and you'll do it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of like get the end of that. And well, I mean, it's a cool line. Again, I don't think that's like where their relationship is. Yeah. And, or it's not a good progression of it. If they want, again, as you said before, if they wanted it to be, I think the most logical way would have been it's that way because of the result of Angel's actions in season two. Mm hmm. But they needed to make that... Yeah. Like, they, they didn't mention it... The only mention of Angel, like, of what he did during season two comes when they talk about him f- fucking around Merle. Yeah. It's like, so you remember it, but you can't tie it to your actual story. Yeah. And it's just also this, like, yet, yeah, like you said, it's a cool line, but it's like, we it's, it's we've heard it before. We've all, you know, it's been, it's a recurring thing that Angel always says to his group is like, you know... If I ever go bad, you guys need to be ready to kill me. Yeah, and it's just... You know, the first time we heard it, it was like, oh, wow, that, there's a lot there. And, you know, this time I'm just like, yes, we know, Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've not, you're not adding anything new with this. And it's just such a weird way to end the episode. Like, I yeah. feel like nothing is actually resolved. Mm-hmm. But I also know that none of this is going to come up again. Yeah. Like... <sighs> It's just, uh, it's just a dud. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a good concept, but executed almost entirely incorrectly. Yeah, I think you could skip this episode, and the only thing you would miss out on is a great performance from J. August Richards. Mm-hmm. I mean, and for that, I'll give the episode props. I mean, he's great, but... Yeah. Yeah. Um... But yeah, I mean, we, we kind of made our feelings really clear. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give this like one uh, one pitiful possession of, of Merle out of five. And I give it that one simply because actors, both main and guest cast, did everything that they could do mm-hmm. with really, really bad material. Yeah. Um, yeah, like it's God. That's one of the lowest scores I think I've given an episode. 
And because what did I give where the wild things are? Did you get that like half a star? Or... Maybe I, I think so. But yeah, I normally don't go this low. And yeah, I'm like I, I'm pretty stingy about my ratings. Like I'm not gonna give every episode like four or five, but I normally don't go this low. But this is like this is a really bad episode. Yeah, I I'm the same way because it's it's a one for me as well. It's uh that one star is gonna go to Fred, and then as you said, the acting. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's really it because and yes rarely do we give episodes this low of a score because even episodes of Buffy and Angel that are lower tier episodes usually have you know something like even some redeeming quality and that's kind of why we love the shows so much because you know there may be like different levels of quality some episodes may be much better than the than others but even like the ones that we don't really watch too often have like a little bit of redeeming yeah. quality to them, but we, yeah, we kind of like and very little here and to you latch know, on to. A lot of that redeeming quality comes from the chemistry between the leads. Mm-hmm. Um, like the a, a strong cast can get a bad, yeah. can get you through a bad story, but they're putting Gun at odds with the cast mm-hmm. and with the rest of the team, and that uh, and that is like so much of that focus. Yeah. And that's that makes it like they can't even save themselves from that. Yeah, I'm right there with you because like even where the wild things are, has Anya some of Anya's best lines mm-hmm. and has Giles singing behind blue eyes. Yes, you know it's a terrible episode, but like I can at least I know if I'm watching it, I'm like oh I'm gonna get that at least. This episode, I'm just like, I'm, I mean I'm having a harder time. You know, it's not my worst episode of Angel, but. It's really, really down there. Yeah, it's like bottom five. Yeah. Hell, probably bottom three. So, yeah. I feel like I've said everything. I, I, I've i said my piece. Me too. Let's I, let's leave this episode behind. Yes. Uh, Harrison, take us out. Well, thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We will be back next week with Buffy Season 6, Episode 3, Afterlife. That is two words. Two words. Um, I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at yummyj357. And I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy or email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Is this your favorite episode? Um... (laughs) Let us know why. Like, if, if you can, like, point out good stuff that we just missed. Yeah. And that goes to, like, any episode. If you can, like, if you want to defend an episode, defend it. We will, like, we will bring up, like. Yeah. We, we will definitely bring it up on the podcast if you, like, have, if um if you bring up, like, some really good points. Yeah. Uh, I'd about, love to yes. hear different perspectives. Yes. You know, this is just our opinions. Yes. You know. Um, so, yeah, feel free to, like. Be like, hey, you guys are full of shit. <laughs> Here's why that old gig of mine is awesome. And I will I will say, respectfully, I disagree, mm-hmm. but I appreciate your I perspective. I would love to hear um, an opinion that is able to derive something good out of yeah. this episode. I want someone to successfully defend Go Fish to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we're highlighting Giffords Law Center to prevent gun violence. Giffords is fighting to end the gun lobby's stranglehold on our political system. They're daring to dream what a future free from gun violence looks like. Visit www.giffords.org for more information. Yes. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Bye. <laughs>